of a bar stool. Oh man, we've got a good show today. Brian Carter. You've undoubtedly heard of Brian Carter before. Speaker, author, consultant, also comedian. Sometimes he combines the two, and we're going to talk about that. Um, we're going to, man, we're going to cover a bunch of stuff, namely about promoting posts. We talk a lot about promoting posts and those strategies, um, the metrics that matter. Um, we're also going to get a little bit into story bumping last actor and Ed Rink is dead, of course. Ed Rink's dead, right? So make sure you check that out. All right. So pop a bottle. Let's do it. Hey, everybody. John here from JohnLumer.com and John Loomer Digital on Facebook. Here with yet another edition of the Social Media Pubcast, where each week I invite a different friend to the virtual pub and we get drunk on social media. This week, <laughs> really, really happy to have on the show speaker, author, consultant, comedian, Brian Carter. How's it going, man? You're good. How are you? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I don't know. I thought I'd do a weird voice. I don't know. That, that would be funny, though. It's like, I've never heard this guy speak. I wonder what he sounds like. And maybe you sound like that. You should, you should have carried it through the entire show. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, Facebook marketing is really important, guys. Oh, man. <laughs> Good start. Good start. So uh, the first time we met actually was, when was that social media marketing world in San Diego? What was that? Uh, March, oh, that was April. Yeah. April? April 2013. Man, it's like I feel like everyone, and and not to uh, you know put down the the everyone's who weren't there, but it seems like everyone who's anyone was there. Man, there's so many people, and uh, that's yeah. the, that's the first time we met up, and um, you, your your big moment, shining moment there uh, was a comedy set you did. Um, yeah. And and unfortunately, I <clears throat> I missed it. <clears throat> I was stuck in a meeting or something. <laughs> yeah, seriously, like I meant to it's be there. It's all about you. I'm, yeah, yeah, it's all about I meant you, to be there. I was stuck in a meeting. <laughs> but uh, it was social media is is hilarious. Uh, you did a keynote, and uh, it's actually on YouTube. I'll share that in the in the show notes. But get, kind of give us an ex uh, not an example, but background on, on what you did in that keynote. Yeah, I mean, really, I just pulled together a bunch of jokes, you know, because in the paid gigs that I've been doing on social media, I've pulled together certain things. It's grown over time. You know, I mean, I do stand up all the time and I've got a lot of different bits, but yeah. the stuff that's specific to social media and that's clean enough for corporate, you know, <laughs> that's a separate bit of material. Yeah. Um, and then I also try to slip in some of my regular clean jokes and have an excuse for why it's relevant to social media. But I also made a lot of jokes with pie charts and, um, you know, I did, what if, what if the internet was high school and why do we need geeks? And, um, did this whole thing about customer service with Taco Bell that I don't want to spoil, but I thought it was funny. Awesome. Uh, oh, and then, and then the thing, I think people have already seen like the meme of, you know, here's my cat on whatever, here's my cat on, on the other. Um, so that wasn't even totally original, but there was some original stuff. I got together and brainstormed with some of my local, uh, comedian friends here in Charleston and, and we wrote some new stuff for it. Um, so now it's going to be, you know, it's 10 minutes of just comedy. I, it was, I really built that when I, I got paid to go down and do 15 minutes of social media comedy for a, uh, a little conference in, in Florida. There's just a regular business conference. I think it was customer service. Yeah. Um, but. So I've done, it's weird too, because to go out and do 
half of the material is totally new is, is pretty risky. And most comedians don't do that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but so I find, so they did 15 minutes and, and the social media marketing world was only 10 because I didn't feel like some of it was strong enough so I didn't keep it. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's awesome. And, and once again, uh, make sure you check the show notes for that YouTube clip. So I get to watch it for the first time too. Uh, but yeah, yeah. it, it uh, brings up a question I'm really curious about. So, because first of all, anyone, uh, make sure you follow Brian's uh, Facebook, your, your, basically your, your, your profile, because you have a lot of comedy in there as well. It's kind of mixed in with business. Stuff. Yeah. Um, good yeah. stuff. But uh, so I'm curious, what came first? I assume the comedy, right? Or, or was it the comedy or the business? So what, what did you start doing first? Well, it's hard to say because uh, I growing up, I never, I never saw myself as somebody who would be funny, you know, um, <laughs> at all. But when I, I for a while, I used to before I was in internet marketing, I was an acupuncturist and I taught mm. uh, medical terminology class, which is, should be the most boring class ever. Yeah. But um, I had some really bad jokes and puns and stuff in there, and people would, I started embrace that, and people would be laughing, and people would be in the hall, they'd be like, "What class is that?" You know, and they're like, mm-hmm. "It's medical terminology." Like what it doesn't sound right um so i started doing stand-up in around 2006 when i had a job as an e-commerce manager and i was very frustrated because the company wasn't adopting it very smartly mm-hmm. um so i started i was frustrated i started doing comedy um but then i you know over the years as i got into more internet marketing and worked at an agency and started to speak at conferences. I just wanted to incorporate humor more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I got a mentor when, uh, like I went to a SEO Moz conference, not as a speaker, just as an attendee. Mm-hmm. And, um, this was like 2008, I think. And I met a lady who turned out to be the wife of a motivational speaker who became my mentor later. So, mm that guy's like a former comedian, um, you know, big keynote speaker. He's one of the most consistently booked, busy speakers out there. Um, Garrison Wynn, uh, and a super funny dude. Um, yeah. So I, I, I think business came first cause I was doing AdSense and AdWords. Yeah. And, stuff and i was not funny at all <laughs> <laughs> well it, in your website unless unless uh unless you're lying to us it says you've been uh, doing mm. this kind of stuff for 12 years yeah it starts way back when i started my acupuncture website and i immediately started learning seo uh. even at a rudimentary level like submitting to directories with submit wolf and stuff like that nice um 1999 um but then i, I didn't really learn adwords until 2004 and on Twitter 2008, got kind of dragged on a Facebook by a client in 2010. Yeah, I started a site, it was like 2001, 2002. I had no idea what SEO was. I don't think I even heard of it until (laughs) later. But back then, you were just like, I got a website. And and it was something cool, you know. That's all you really needed was to have a website. Yeah, it was so traction. It was so easy. I mean, even in 2003, 2004, my site was like a page rank of four or five. And I discovered that I could put almost any keyword in as a new article and I would rank for it. And I developed, I guess that's not true, not all keywords. So I developed an algorithm or not like an equation to evaluate keywords with, it was kind of like the old KEI keyword efficiency. I can't remember what KEI was. Um, but anyway, I could figure out which keywords we could rank for. 
And then I um, teamed up with a bunch of writers and we wrote like a thousand articles and in six weeks um and we were getting all kinds of traffic and adsense money but then the algorithm changed <laughs> or or i got dinged or something yeah then the money all went away so then i went freelance gotcha well i we were joking a little bit before uh hopping on here but you're, you're one of those people who is truly a speaker author consultant uh i mean there are a lot of people out there and i, I include myself like i've spoken at like one or two events. Uh, I've written a couple of eBooks. I, I consult on projects here and there, but you are hardcore. I feel like into all those things. And it's really the, almost like that social media personality almost comes after those things because you're so mm. busy with the consulting and the speaking and I guess your comedy even, right? What do you mean? Like normally there's a, people are putting out a, a personality. They're more of a personality. They're, yeah. A lot of people more of like a personality who, and I'll even throw myself into that a little bit, uh, in that I'm, I, I'm, I spend all day on Facebook and writing my blogs. And so it's a lot of creating content, uh, for myself, building, building my brand where I think you're, you're out there actually doing for others most of the time or, or doing your speaking gigs and big, big gigs. Well, I mean, I, I didn't get my first like speaking paid speaking gig until two, uh, February 2011. So it's been about two and a half years. And I mean, there, there were long periods of time where I wasn't getting one. It takes, it just takes a lot of, even as much work as I do, whether it's for clients or blogging or, or writing books, it still takes a lot of um, time just for, there's so many other speakers out there. Um, and then there are a lot of companies who, from what I could tell and, and what Garrison would tell me is that there'd be a lot of conferences where like Joe from marketing comes down and talks about social media. They weren't paying anybody to do it. Yeah. Um, and, and there was that, but then I've, I mean, I've tried to have clients ever since probably 2004, 2005. And it, when I you know, didn't, it was cause I was working, it was really just that one e-commerce manager job. Um, cause for me, like, like all I've, I've done a lot of blogging, but it always comes from, you know, we're working on this client and we realized this, um, yeah. or ran into this problem or that. So for me, I always wanted to have clients to keep me on the ball about what works. Um, and I mean, so it, it's, yeah. And I think it's hard to go into like it used to be, I think maybe more like six months to 12 months ago, they would ask things, the people that were hiring me as a speaker would be like, do you have any experience? with social media for real estate or for whatever niche they're in because they thought that was important. They're not asking that anymore for some reason, hmm. but yeah. Um, cause I didn't even think it, I didn't think it mattered really. I think yeah. there are certain principles that, that should work. It's, I mean, I don't, it's like, are you B2B or B2C and, um, you know, who's your audience and then there's some basic stuff you have to do no matter who those people are. Right. Um, and you're always learning what people respond to. It's just, I guess for me, since I always, the only systems that I ever create are always sort of like scientific method ones where it's like, you know, you, you do these tests and you see what works and what doesn't, and you learn more and then you do another test based on that. So, yeah. And that's what I love about what you do. Cause I'm, I'm all about the, the stats and, and digging into and experimenting, you know, kind of getting your, your hands dirty and, and figuring out new things. Um, so I, so I loved 
to the post that you wrote for me too, um, which was promote Facebook posts, not photo views. So anyone who hasn't read right. it, make sure you check it out. But uh, yeah, just uh, real quick, what background on uh, what inspired that post? Well, wait, before we do that real quick, I yeah, want to yeah, say, go ahead, go ahead. Um, don't, you know, what you're doing and what I think, you know, another person that comes to mind, like uh, Jay Bear or Danny Brown have done, is you're building a really strong blog presence, you know, yeah. a really strong personal brand, which, you know, you can tell I'm, I'm weak on that. Like you go to my sites, you can see information about the consulting or the speaking, but it's harder to find my, my blogs and, and I don't blog that regularly. And, um, it's always been something where I'm like, well, you know, it's, it's a strategic choice to try to get on other people's, uh, sites, I guess. Sure. But, but I, there was a time where I kind of regretted not having really always grown my own presence. I mean, I think it's something strong you'll, you're, that you'll, you'll be able to leverage, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think, there's a, there's just a virtue in that. I didn't want you to totally slam yourself. No, no, no. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's funny. And I'm glad you bring, it's a good, good discussion point, but, um, I think it comes down to, first of all, time. Like you, I just yeah. can't imagine you being able to blog, especially, like, especially as much as I do. Most people don't because it's just kind of crazy to do it, um, with all the other things that you're doing, but it's just also a matter of comfort level. Like I could say that this has been my strategy, right? that I have been building my brand all these, these last, because really it's been about two years now, two, two years, uh, August 18th was when I was laid off and this whole thing started. Um, mm. So I could say this was all part of my strategy to write, 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 uh, to, to build uh, and not take on a lot of consultant or consulting gigs, not take on a lot of uh, speaking gigs. This is all about building my brand online. I could say that, and I probably have said that many times. That's partially true. What's more true is that I'm just not comfortable really uh, doing mm. all, all these uh, uh, public speaking gigs and uh, keynotes and, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, like writing books, like I, I recently was almost on the hook for writing a book and I backed out the last sec. I was like, I can't do this. Mm. Like I, I don't have the time for it or the patience for all, all this editing, everything that's going to go into it. Um, and I'm glad I did you that. Think it's, a, it's, it's a lot more work than the blog. Absolutely. I mean, Cause I have less control over it too. Um, in terms uh, yeah. of what the format needs to be and everything else. Uh, but anyway, uh, but finally I'm seeing the point where whether or not this was a mistake, uh, that I took <laughs> this path, it's paying off. Like I finally released my first, uh, product, a training program. And it's like, because of what I did the last two years of building that audience, I'm getting sales and it's awesome. And luckily that's the path nice. I wanted to, to take what's, which I feel most comfortable in is building that audience yeah. and then monetizing. Um, and then maybe I don't even need all the consulting gigs and the speaking gigs and the book deals and whatnot. But in other words, you can do, there are multiple paths you could take and you shouldn't feel pressured into taking one or the other. Do what makes you feel comfortable. Cheers. So we can get back to that, yep. uh, that yep. topic of your, your blog post, yeah. promote Facebook posts, not photo views. Right. Yeah. So, well, that came out of, you know, actually, uh, my, my wife works with me now and, um, I trained her on Facebook ads and now she's doing a, a heck of a lot of Facebook ads. Um, nice. but, uh, this stuff started to happen recently. I mean, Facebook's always changing what they show you. Right. And, and, um, 
I don't I don't recall how long we've been able to see photo views. Do you? Oh man. Um I don't know if that's the one's new like it's or been, we just for the first time. I don't think it's that new. I think I mean, we I just like for the first time a year, but yeah. Yeah. We well when we started looking at the specific actions that were being taken, not just like how many actions are you getting, but what are those actions and asking, you know, wait, is it really valuable if they uh, clicked and looked at a bigger version of the photo? Um, and, and we decided we didn't think so. I think there might be situations where you would value that. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, I mean, if you're paying on a CPM basis, you know, that, that it's not like you're paying per action necessarily, but if you have, you know, five or 10 different pr promoted post ads, and uh, five of them are getting mostly photo views and the other five are getting mostly likes, comments, shares, video plays, clicks, right? Mm -hmm. Then to me, those that second group is more valuable. And if I pause the photo view ones, then all my impressions are gonna go to the ones that are getting me interaction. And so that's what we try to do, which means it's so when we, we promote uh, a, uh, a post, we will actually you know, do at least two or three different targets for that post so that we can see mm. which people are more interactive. And it's been interesting, been different on different clients with some, our reach went way down, but we feel like we're, we're reaching the ones that are interacting. Mm. Um, and with others, the, the reach wasn't affected. And it, there's one page where we see a pretty clear, it's hard, hard to say with hundred percent confidence, but we see a pretty big jump in organic views, hmm. um, which would be the delayed response from improving your edge rank, right? Sure. I think an important point that uh, comes out of that is understanding how to measure the value, you know, what you're trying to get out of, you know, what is success? What are you trying to get out of that advertising? Because unfortunately, I feel like a very high percentage of advertisers have it completely wrong. So they're looking at just they're looking at their ad results and they're saying, I got all these clicks, I got all this engagement <laughs> and this is my cost per click as a result. So it's really, really good. And meanwhile, yeah. they're using a photo, which you and I both know, um, it's kind of, it's an unfair advantage pitting a photo, for example, against a link share when you want to say, okay, which one's mm -hmm. going to get more engagement? The photo's going to get more engagement every single time because of just clicking on the photo is uh, measured as a click as an engagement, but it doesn't necessarily do anything. Like If you ultimately right. want them to click on the link, having a link in the description and then in this big old photo they click on to distract them, um, or just having this boring, I say boring, but I use it all the time, boring uh, preview, link preview, when you share a link the other way, you're, you're going to get more mm -hmm. clicks on that link almost every single time on the boring link preview than you will on that photo share with the link in it at the right. top, even though the one with the photo is going to be, is going to look like the, the ad uh, that got, that was better, that was more successful because of the level of engagement. We're on the same page, right? Yeah, totally. Because, um, yeah. And I mean, it depends on the client too, especially if you're doing lead gen, you're going to be focusing on the, the links and the people, the, the traffic to the site or whatever. Um, like a, a whole bunch of our clients right now are over the counter brands, um, that we can't even sell, send them to, we can send them to the website, but the website doesn't even tell them which store they should buy it at because they could buy it at Walgreens. They could buy it at Walmart. They could buy it, uh, at target, you know, so, 
um, just over the counter stuff for them they don't they don't care quite so much about sending the traffic to the site they have some like like a coupon thing but the coupon thing is hard to track because hmm. of the system they're using hmm. since these guys can't use the coupon and they can't um, we can't send to an e-commerce store they really value the awareness, the reach, the interaction, because they're, they're fundamentally, what they're doing is branding, you know, they're a big nationally known brand. Uh, and they have, they're competing against other big nationally known brands and they just want to be the one that people are aware of and that they like, mm. you know? So for, for, for these guys, the, the link click wouldn't even be that valuable, but sure. yeah, no, that makes so sense. it depends on the, on the customer. And it's a good point because it's not like I don't, I don't want to say that engagement isn't important because it absolutely is, and it depends on you know what your goals are for t- particular post and or particular ad. Um, I just know for a lot of my stuff, and um, I think many businesses out there, especially if you're promoting something that shares a link to your website, it's often going to lead, hopefully, lead to something, but it'd be a lead. Uh, registration or a sale, um, and that's often yeah. often a goal. So if if what you're measuring is clicks and engagement, you don't know. How, and and, the, and you point this out in the ad too. You could completely be overlooking what appears to be an underperforming ad, or you could be favoring an ad that seems to be performing well because you're looking at the wrong metric. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah and this is advanced stuff because we run into people too that that have a media media buyer perspective or or they're not a media buyer they're a brand manager but the brand manager only understands media buying perspective so they don't even understand optimizing they don't understand that facebook could teach them things about their customers you know Mm -hmm. to to them that's totally foreign yeah absolutely yeah and 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 really if if that client or if you personally are promoting a post that is leading to an offsite landing page and maybe hopefully a sale or a conversion of some sort. Um, you know, another tool that so many people aren't using is conversion tracking, and that's going to do all the work for you. So not only does it optimize for people that are going to complete a conversion for you, but it's going, it's going to, uh, cut out all that extra fluff crap in the metrics. Uh, so you're not going to be focused on just free little clicks it's actually going to tell you conversions, cost per conversion. And they even have this awesome metric I just figured out how to use during this hmm. this week, which is um, uh, value, the conversion value. So you can v- compare hmm. the conversion value to uh, your uh, ad spend to see what your ROI is. And that's some valuable stuff. Nice. Yeah. And like I said in the pre-call... <laughs> You know more about that than I do. I need to learn that ASAP. Well, we should talk about it offline. <laughs> over, yeah, over, yeah, let's do that. Cheers. No, it's it's good stuff. It, I mean, I I'm obsessed with uh, with with Power Editor and and some of these kind of obscure features and tools that not a lot of people are using because the results mm-hmm. are absolutely there, man. Um, but in terms mm-hmm. of promoted posts, I mean, let, let's shift gears a little bit there. Because I love this topic. This is, again, we talked about how people love that boost post button. Um, my, my impression of what that boost post is for, it's not for the big guys. It's not for the advertisers who know what they're doing. 
is just trying to entice people who haven't advertised before to do something. But what you should be doing is, like you were recommending the, um, through the main uh, self-serve ad tool, and I always say power editor, but what, regardless, boost post is freaking worthless. Um, and what you, sh- you, know, you should be, have more control over promoting your post. But um, it brings, yeah. brings up a good point, though, I want to talk about, uh, since you handle all these, uh, these clients and whatnot, I'm curious what your strategy is with them um, in promoting posts in terms of um, when you do it, which posts you do and that, that type of thing. Right. Well, I mean, it depends, you know, what we, we find is that um, often we're doing the Facebook ads, but we're not the ones who are doing the posts. Mm. So we are always trying to get into a feedback cycle where we can give, give people, the people who are doing the posts, some, some information about what works, what doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. and I mean, they should be able to see it in the results but not necessarily because I think sometimes they'll even forget that we were promoting the post. They're like, this post got so many likes, you know, like, so (laughs) you have to, you know, hover over that thing and see how many, how much of the reach was paid and how much was organic, you know? Um, So we have to get them a lot of stats back. Like right now, some of our clients are reporting is pretty extensive. And I've always just, I learned a lesson about that a long time ago that sometimes you over report and, and, it either doesn't get read or it creates confusion because you're reporting things that aren't your key metrics and mm-hmm. all that. But there's a lot to it because there's like the, the, there's the paid effect. There's an organic effect for every single metric with the post. Um, so that's, that's part of it. Um, so we're always, a lot, of, a lot of these clients will come up with a, a calendar for the month ahead of time. They will, you know, I mean, in the past when I've managed posts, I would actually do it day by day, you know, just because I feel like you learn stuff every day. So you might, what you do tomorrow might totally change based on what has worked in the last week. Mm -hmm. Um, But for some reason they like to, and I think it's partly because of an approval process. They want to make sure that, you know, if need be that legal looks at it or, you know, the person that's preparing it is not the top person for the brand. So then the brand manager needs to approve it. Um, Mm. in some cases they'll actually run it past us. (laughs) Um, you know, and so, so it's, we're, that's a big part of it is the consulting that we do. Um, just with everything, like what, whether your picture is like negative or positive, that that can be a huge thing. Mm. Um, and so there's a lot of different types of posts. I mean, I did that ebook on contagious content. Um, so you can have posts that get shared a lot, uh, that are either, Amusing, amazing, um, generous, doggone it. I'm going to have to look it up. I don't even know my own material. <laughs> but there's like six types of posts that get shared a lot. Mm-hmm. And then there's like four things you can do that prevent sharing. Um, you know, and I think as time goes on too, uh, and you're running ads for a client, initially they're way into fan growth. And then over time they become more interested in whether or not those fans are engaging. Mm-hmm. So we're all usually shifting our budget from the beginning being a lot more on fan growth towards uh, post promotion later on. So, and you talked about this a little bit uh, in terms of reporting and, and trying, I mean, there's a balance there between giving them the right information and not overwhelming them. Are there specific, mm-hmm. are there, what are the metrics you, fo- you focus on uh, when you, when you send that reporting out to them? Um, well, let me pull one up here. Um, 
we look at some of them we've made up actually so mm -hmm. this might be interesting all right so you know the on the account management side they're looking at things like the fans and the growth the month monthly growth in fans um, they're looking at how many post likes total they've gotten month to month hmm. uh, how many shares month to month um, and then we come back with um, what's our cost per fan how many fans did we gain how many people did we reach which is extremely extremely annoying because <laughs> look <laughs> maybe you know um, the only place you can get reach is either in the Facebook Insights export, which is only page like post reach, mm -hmm. um, or in the ad or sorry, in the Facebook ads thing, you're looking at um, the you can get impressions, but not impressions and frequency, or you can get reach, mm -hmm. either one. But you can't get the total non-overlapping, or, or I should say, overlapping reach in multiple campaigns. So, because what we find uh -huh. is we'll We'll have to create more and more fan growth campaigns and post promotion campaigns because the one ad starts dominating all the impressions for that campaign. Mm -hmm. So let's say we've got eight or 10 campaigns for one client. Right. We have to click into each campaign to see what its reach is. Mm -hmm. We could take the maximum reach for one of those, the, the, the campaign that got the most reach, we could take that, but we don't know if we should add other numbers to it because those, groups didn't overlap or, or didn't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if, <laughs> it sounds like you're probably, you're doing the same thing I am, but it seems like these days I'm creating more and more campaigns that have only one, one or two ads in them because yeah, I can't yeah. get them to run otherwise. Right. Yeah. I never, I mean, I never want to have more than really like 10, you know, and, and, and it seems like when you, when you have at least like more than five or six ads that are active, uh, two or three get the most most of the impressions, but yeah, and, and then and, you start creating the new ones and they they don't get shown. Right, and I used to uh, split test to the point where I was creating ten ads or so, and and maybe a bunch of them would be shown. I don't know, but um, because it seemed necessary uh, for uh, targeting based you know gender targeting and age and geography and things like that. But of course, all that's taken care of now in the new ad reports, which is freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you wrote about that a little bit in your blog post, so it sounds like you're using that tool quite a bit too. Well, we are. It's weird because not all accounts have it. So yeah. I have it in my personal Facebook ads, but uh, it's not in the in the big brands account yet. Oh man. Um, yeah. And then we also we we report on the 28 day reach organic, the 28 day reach paid for Facebook posts. And then we do something called paid reach ampl amplification, which is dividing the paid reach by the organic reach because otherwise we're trying, to, we're trying to like justify our value and say, you know, yeah, you guys are creating great post ideas, but without us, you <laughs> wouldn't have this much, you know? Right. Um, and those numbers are ridiculous because it'd be like, we might get 42 times as much reach as organic or something. So, um, and, and when they create those po those original organic posts, how long do you wait before you promote it? Usually, does it is that when it has to go through the approval process? If you're going to promote it, or what, what happens? Well, I mean, there's two things we've done. We've done the latest post thing to multiple targets, okay, so that every post is getting uh, promoted. But we found that that was inefficient. You know, mm -hmm. it didn't get overall as many interactions as we wanted. Yeah. 
So the other thing was to go back and wait and look like in the last week or in the last month, which ones were, were really effective. And, and you pretty much know within the first, first 30 minutes, if you've got a, a really, I don't know, active post, you know? Um, so sometimes we'll do it within a few days, but, um, but, but what we found was that we had a, a situation where, you know, some, I'll just say somebody in authority was only looking at the page so they can only see what's on the page. Right. Mm -hmm. And they'll look at, they aren't looking at, they aren't able to total up how many likes, comments and shares we got overall from all the posts. Yeah. So they'll look at the page and go, wow, some of these posts are not getting many likes or comments at all. Yeah. Right. And so that looks bad to them. So (laughs) as a result, we have, we have to um, promote every post. Oh man. Sometimes, <laughs> which means it limits overall the results, but, yeah. um, yeah. So, so it's, it's not ideal, but yeah. I mean, I think know. it comes down to, to budget and your goals and whatnot. I mean, it, look, I, I always talk about strategically promote. That's probably because I'm careful with my money, but if, if mm-hmm. I had more money to spend, I'd be promoting just about every post I write, especially those that send traffic to my website. It just makes sense. But I think like, yeah. just like what you're saying, I, I've always been, I've never used that promote most recent. I've always been curious how it works, how, how well it works. And it sounds like based on what you're saying, it's not very effective, but um, well, it, yeah. you know, it just is, it varies with how effective the post is. And it's, yeah. I think it's just a fact of, you know, um, I don't know what to call it. You know, it's outliers, right? There are, it's the whole outliers thing. If you do 20 tests, you know, one or two are going to be really, really amazing. The rest are going to, are not going to be. Right. Um, so you want to put as much as you can behind those one or two. So if you're going to favor the outliers, you're definitely going to do better. Um, but on the other hand, you know, for me, like with my, my, my personal speaker page doesn't have, it's only got three or 4,000 likes on it and it's not like huge. Mm-hmm. So um, for me, when I can put something else, uh, when I can put something out, I I usually want to promote what it is, whatever it is. You know, I don't I don't put out enough stuff to be picky. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, no, and and I think um, an interesting I, I read a study once. I can't even remember what it was, but when something has that promote or uh, sponsored label on it, it gets yeah. a little bit less engagement from the people who would normally engage with it. Uh, just because mm, of that, right. you know, um, and I, and I understand that. So I think that's also a, another reason to let it go organically a little bit, um, before you promote it. I mean, there are a lot of reasons I think why that's, why that helps, but, um, I just found right. in general that the, the stuff that I'm, I'm really, uh, promotion heavy on. And even if I'm focusing just on my fans, I get a lower, um, engagement rate on it as opposed to when it, when it came out, when it was organic. Yeah. Uh, well, it's possible. I mean, who knows? Uh, same way that people have always wondered about how AdWords display algorithm works. Yeah. You know, maybe Facebook's display algorithm works differently when you're promoting it. So, I mean, it could be, cause I've heard people say that, that like, um, you know, as soon as I started to promote it, I got less than I, normally do <laughs> i got less interaction than normal so it, it it's not necessarily like conspiracy theory they're trying to steal my money but 
but it's more like maybe this the way they've they've got two separate algorithms for display that that's just that works i don't know yeah i mean on one hand that would make sense um to to reach those who you wouldn't normally reach organically but at the same time if you're using optimized cpm facebook should be optimizing it to make sure it's going to people most likely to click or engage and that right. that wouldn't be right. the people who never engage with it so but yeah I, I've, I've heard and these kinds of stories too but it's anecdotal so you never know i mean you can't trust it you never know about any of this stuff and uh, <laughs> and I think that's a good lead into my final uh, topic that I want to talk about just real briefly. Cheers. Last week, the biggest news was uh, Edge Rank is dead, Brian. Edge Rank is dead. <laughs> Dude, uh, <laughs> the change, uh, either, the, either they're killing Edge Rank, it's going away, or the story bumping, last actor, chronological, so it's going to be like Twitter now. It is, right? Right. Story bumping sounds like something to do in New Jersey. That's right. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, no, I don't. I don't think so. From what I could tell, some some people that wrote articles had no idea what they were talking about. Oh yeah. Um, and and I think Facebook's been trying from a PR perspective to get people to stop calling it Ed Drink for like what a year year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why they care if we call it newsfeed algorithm or Mm-mm. or Ed Drink. It's just because they can't legally you know, claim people's edge rank domains. I don't know. But yeah, it didn't sound like a huge shift to me. I mean, that's great that old stories will get shown if they're still interactive, you know? It's kind of like saying senior citizens shouldn't have to go into a home if they're still... (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, but I don't think it's a huge shift. I think they're just changing the the amount of, of the time, the age of the post, the amount that that particular variable has on um, display. Right. No, I, and I agree with you. I, just, I was curious what you thought. I mean, in general, and I, I made this point um, last week, and that when that story came out, if if you were to sh- show me the article about these changes that were made and take just take away the labels of last actor and story bumping, I would assume that yeah. this was an old story, uh, the old news yeah. that – so Facebook's going to show us stuff that older, a little bit older content that's getting a lot of engagement and Facebook's going to show us content is, uh, if we engage with people more often, we're going to get more of that content from them. I thought that's the it's way like it works. You know? Yeah. Well, I think that's part of it. Cause like, you know, when, 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 okay. So let's say, was it February, 2012 when they they admit that 15 or 16% of people can see your yeah. posts. Yeah. Um, we, you know, people knew that before that. I mean, maybe maybe been other people besides me, but um, we worked. I worked with Jeff Woodman at Page Lever to put out an article on that that was like at least six months before that. But so I think re, I think part of that is just people. Once it's in the news, more people hear about it, so it combats the ignorance. Mm-hmm. that's out there there's so much I don't like it. to use that word ignorance but oh no I I, I, I said mm-hmm. as soon as you said ignorance because man it, <laughs> that, like people freak out about that 16 and we could have a whole another podcast on this topic but freak out over that 16% yeah. number but but those are the people who are like okay so how do I reach 100% of my fans without advertising yeah uh, you don't you don't <laughs> good luck and you're not going to do it on Twitter you're not going to do it on email you're not going to do it anywhere so Forget about it. And it's just unreasonable That's right. expectations. 
Yeah. Um, anyway. Um, well, it was amazing to me, too, that like people were like, oh, wow, now our posts actually really have to be good. I'm like, okay, you didn't think that before? I know. Why? <laughs> yeah, I, I think we're on the same page. The, the, the whole thing was kind of ridiculous. I mean, first of all, is the misinformation. People would be linking uh, and, and using the Facebook uh, Facebook business blog is a source. Meanwhile, in that blog post, they're talking about how they use an algorithm to make sure you see what you want to see. Like, yeah. like these same people are saying that Edrink is dead. Like, wh- what? Mm. So anyway. It doesn't make sense. So anyway, I, I'm, uh, I, I think we're out of time here, um, but I oh. appreciate you. Yeah, I know, I know. I just asked our bartender for the tab. I'll, t- I'll take care of you today. <laughs> But um, thanks, man. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, really, you should have done that voice to the entire show. It would have been awesome. <laughs> um, but, Let me uh, tell you something about edge rank. It's edge rank is really important. Um, so before we go, uh, like economy. So one of the most well known books on social media, like economy. You got the second edition coming out 26. Can, so can you pre-order that? Uh, what, how does that work? Yeah. Yeah, you can go to Amazon. You can Google Like Economy Second Edition, or Amazon will come up. Um, go buy it there, or go to uh, shoot. What is it? Eight hundred CEO Read. You can buy multiple copies at discount. Awesome. Um, but yeah, it's all updated as much as possible since like every time I put out a book, they changed something while it was while the book was being like of produced. Yeah. <laughs> but it's. But the good thing for me, I felt like uh, the original first edition really focused on the stuff that turned out to be fundamental, like when they did all that stuff to make tabs less effective and um, got rid of welcome tabs and all that stuff. That was right. stuff I had already been skeptical uh-huh. about. So yeah. I would, yeah, there's still still the fundamentals in that are, are from the first edition are in there. And then there's just more new stuff, more new ideas. Awesome. Well, check that out. And, yeah, we'll, we'll have yeah. a link to that in the show notes as well. Because you also ma- mentioned your contagious content ebook, that'll be in there as well. Um, yeah, that's that's free. That was with Marketo. Yeah, awesome, awesome, cool. So before we go, where can people find you? Uh, Brian Carter, yeah, dot com or social media keynote speaker dot com or Facebook dot com slash Brian dot Carter dot man. Awesome. (laughs) Which is my sense of humor right there. Good stuff. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining me at the virtual pub today, Brian. I hope to have you on again sometime soon, my man. Thanks for having me, John. That was awesome. Thanks so much, Brian Carter. It's the first time we've kind of mixed in a little bit of humor into the show, which is what I want. We're at the pub, man. We're hanging out. Let's relax a little bit. So that was good stuff. So a bunch of links and whatnot were mentioned throughout that episode. Make sure you check out the show notes. And uh, before we go, one last thing. The um, FB Marketing Advanced University Power Editor Training Course. I'm telling you, I, I swear this time, this is your last chance to get it at half, half price. So... I said it would be full price once the entire program was available. Well, it's taking me a little bit longer to produce. Um, by, by Monday, all five sections will be up, which through the first four sections, we're already talking about three hours or so of video and a whole bunch of lessons. Uh, so check it out at $73.50, which is half off. You can't beat it. So I'm not a big salesman, but I'm telling you, great great deal 
chock full of information. And even if you just want a preview of what's there, you can get that as well. Check the show notes. So thanks so much for listening to the Social Media Pubcast today. Until next time, do awesome things. I'm out. Yeah.